A lot of people are creating an equal for me, me and Jeff Jarrett. You see, we are one on one. But if you go against us, it's 25 plus 2 equals 37 equals 8. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winston, and it's no time because when you're talking WCW Thunder for the year 2000, you really just want to dig your claws, your talent, whatever the things at the end of your appendages are. And I'd like to welcome in my guest at this time, the highest of high chiefs. On the anniversary, apparently, of High Chief Peter Maivia's, uh or my via, I guess I, I don't want to mispronounce it. His passing in 1982, the High Chief Keithy Langston. How are you? Hey, how are you? Hey, how? Oh, no, sorry, that's the wrong. That's not, to, that's not doing anybody any honors. Um, hi, hi, hello, High Chief Peter Winston. How are you, <laughs> folks? He he was not. Uh, he was he was merely quoting Bobby Heenan. He was not making a commentary on any particular indigenous peoples, at least no, that I know of. Yes, and I would like to apologize for any offense I gave anybody at the outset of the show. There's going to be a lot more opportunities for me to probably insult you throughout the rest of this program. <laughs> so. Here's the di- here's the difference in today's show is Keithy knows what's coming because it's WCW Thunder from February second two thousand and holy crap I mean how the hell are you gonna know what's going on mm. unless you basically I took a review that was written by somebody online who sat through this show and it's kind of gonna be a format sheet so we at least know the people who are on the screen at a given time. <laughs> Yeah. Otherwise, I'd have no idea. Like, who the fuck is Evan Courageous? I don't know. Oh, my God. Is that why you gave – oh, I thought you gave me – see, I thought you gave me the notes because this seems to be just a, a clusterfuck of, like, a show. Well, but I just... know I know every single person that's on this, Pete. I watched – oh, my God. I'm one of the few people that, like, hung in there with WCW through the booking of, of Eric Bischoff, of, uh, you know uh, – <laughs> all the Kevin Sullivan through the booking of the new the new group. What were they? The new, new blood, new blood, new blood rise. Or no, that was. I, I was almost going to say New Day, but that's not New Day. Was good. New Blood was not. No, I was actually the Millionaires Club. I mean, I know an awful lot of WCW from late ninety, like ninety nine, two thousand, up until the sale. I mean, I I didn't order the Sin pay per view, but I definitely read the live review of it while it was going on. So I'm very well informed of WCW from that era. Well, also, this is good. I, I'm 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 glad. It, it's time to leverage that knowledge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is no leveraging. I mean, the best part about this show is that <laughs> Father Sid is the WCW champion. <laughs> That's right, and he's got three matches on this show. And, and if you're wondering why, it's because it's WCW right after they had installed Kevin Sullivan as the booker and the Radicals had departed for the WWF. 
And, uh, you know, having great knowledge of WCW in 2000 is like being a philosophy major in college. Yeah, you you might have this knowledge, but how is it applicable to anything? And you're going to end up driving a cab for a living. It's like learn. It's like being the one person that knows how to speak fluent Aramaic. Like, <laughs> thank you very much, Mel. Good. <laughs> Interesting comments, nonetheless. Yeah, so well, let's let's actually go to the live action of WCW Thunder. Now you can see the screen, right? That's, yeah, sure. all right. With the this awesome, is, this is what was the it, logo that you said this was? It's the Super Bowl Twenty logo. Super Bowl Twenty logo, and it's yes. a. It's a um, it's rated TV PG, which uh, clearly is the reason why WCW went downhill, isn't that right, Vince Russo? And there's yeah. Jeff Jarrett and the this is, I don't know what iteration of the NWO is it NWO two thousand? Yeah. Okay. But this is when Jeff Jarrett was the leader of it. So this is after Bret Hart was in. The, that was the saddest thing is seeing like NWO Bret Hart. But he was able yep. to be WCW world champion while that was. And I, his NWO music, I think, was different. It was kind of cool. Bret, Hart, Bret Hart's music actually in WCW was pretty cool. Really? Yeah. You think so? I liked I his know. WCW music. His music was cool. I didn't say the way they booked him. I said the way his music went. Oh, look at this. Isn't he? You know what's funny? I was just reading something about Ric Flair um, the other day about how when he came back to WWF, or WWE, I forget what. Oh, there he is, the Funker. Yeah, Terry Funk and Ric Flair. It's just like the greetings from Allentown the other day. <laughs> Except it's 11 years later. Yeah, and Flair probably would still take the pile driver poorly on the table, I bet you. Yeah. Um, but, it, so it's, it's just, it's interesting that, like, I was reading about how when Ric Flair was fighting Vince McMahon at the Royal Rumble that year, and, and he was really, Ric Flair was, like, really kind of, he wasn't sure like you have the everybody constantly talks about how Ric Flair wasn't sure of himself at that point and it's like it's freaking Ric Flair like how how bad is WCW that they made a guy like Ric Flair question whether or not he was like a you know a viable wrestler in like in 2002 like are you serious i think that Ric Flair sometimes he he's he's not he doesn't I don't think he lives with the uh, outward confidence that he always projects within his no, character, which is insane. The guy's like, he's he's freaking Ric Flair. He's he's Ric Flair. So he's a lot like you, me, or anybody listening to this program. He has his anxieties. He has you know yeah. the th- the things that he struggles to deal with, and he's a very, obviously a very emotional dude because yeah. he he kind of bursts into tears uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, especially more in recent years. And he's been through a lot. I would say he cries almost as much as he blades nowadays. (laughs) Well, let's hope he's not blading too much other than uh, when he's got a bad bad Gillette stick or whatever. Or Schick or... No, 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 no. he must use Bic because he likes Bic because it doesn't have the K at the end of it. (laughs) I-oh. Bic Flair. (laughs) Bic Flair. Hi, everybody, I'm Bic Flair. (laughs) Somebody brought a sign to this event that said Lord Master Jarrett. God. Like, I mean, can you imagine? There he is, slap nuts. The the moment. What's he, the WCW US champion? This event, as as Jarrett comes to the ring with the Harris twins, I think. Yeah. No, it's it's Scott Hall and 
Frick, oh, Scott Kate, Steiner. Scott Steiner and Scott Hall. A bunch this is of, that, uh, This is the garbage NWO version. Who are these? Who are these honeys? Bunch of contazis. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how else, how else to put it. This the was. The band is back together. No, the band was, the band was, was freaking Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And then I guess you could say X-Pac. That's the band. The band is not Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner with, I don't know, halfway sober Scott Hall. It evolved very, very far away from its intended oh, purpose. The twins. Oh my God, the Harris twins! These are the guys. These are the guys that were. Uh, aren't these the Nazis? Well, <laughs> well, uh, one of them has at least one of them has an SS tattoo. I mean, that is kind of a symbol yeah, of. Uh, these are the disciples of apocalypse, right? Uh, it's two of them, yeah. Eight ball and skull. Okay. It's the only two that mattered. Oh no! Wait, wasn't one of them Crush? <laughs> yeah, it was Crush. Wasn't Crush in that group? <laughs> and then uh, Brian and Brian Lee. Was Brian Lee the other guy? I think he was. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, what a think, mism- What a I think, mismatch. <laughs> I think he was twelve ball. I, I can't remember all their names. <laughs> eight ball, twelve ball. Well, they were doing a lot of eight balls. It was definitely mm. eight ball was in there. Um, oh, hey everybody, my name is. Let's see, can we get some Steiner math? You know, a lot of people say to me, Scott Steiner, I'd let it know if you could add two and two together, and I say, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he's got eight NWO like long sleeve sweatshirt yeah. on. I kind of like that. Well, it's it is February. This was uh, this was of course Groundhog Day in two thousand. It was at the, the Broom County Arena in Binghamton, New York, with an attendance of twenty three twenty three. So think of the crowds that they were drawing just two years before this. And now they're drawing twenty three hundred in upstate New York. I know the the night that Goldberg beat Hogan, they sold out the Georgia Dome. Yeah, now and now the Georgia Dome doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> it's I know, gone. But imagine that for a Nitro, they sold out the Georgia Dome. Yeah, and. Now they have 2,300 people. I think I had more people at my birthday party. (laughs) Just for the record, I did not have more. I didn't even have a birthday party, let alone more people. I think there were more people at Chris and Sarah's wedding than were at the Thunder. (laughs) Keithy had his his birthday party at Matthews Arena at Northeastern University drawing (laughs) 4,100. Of course, it was heavily papered. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're not missing anything, folks. Jeff Jarrett is just talking and talking and talking and talking. You know what's funny is that I'm gonna I'm gonna admit something, and I'm gonna admit this proudly. Okay. I asked, when Jeff Jarrett was in like USWA and he was all over, you know, Memphis, yeah. I kind of liked Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, I love Memphis Jarrett. He's great there. I just and actually I didn't really hate Jarrett. I really didn't hate Jeff Jarrett until he until he shaved his head. Believe it or not, like I actually didn't mind the original, you know, J E double F J A double R E double T. Like I thought he was a good heel for that time. You know, he was a good heel character. I mean, there were things that he did that annoyed me, like in the ninety what was it, the ninety four Royal Rumble. I didn't like that he was one of the people that was beating up on the Undertaker. I just felt he was kind of like, he <laughs> yeah, he was like, very out of place. Yeah, the other dudes, right? Like, but I thought that Jarrett was okay. I didn't even hate the. No, and then I actually liked Jarrett's first WCW run when he was kind of like that faux 
uh, Four Horsemen character. Like, I liked that. I liked that he, you know, it just really wasn't until he started this incarnation of his character, you know, which he started in WWF when he came back the second time. Second time. I'm going to correct you on that. You didn't like his first WCW run. You just liked the fact that he was working with Mongo, who is our new Lord and Savior, according to recent Twitter accounts. That yes. Are... What Mongo... is Mongo going to do next? I think the Mongo... going to remind us that we all miss Steve McMichael as a professional wrestler. There's a, there's we a... more like him. I saw a tweet this morning. There's a third one. So there's the what does Mongo do? There's the Rick Rue taking... Um, Atomic drops. Atomic drops. And then what was the third? The third one has to do with Sid, I think. Yeah, it's uh, Sid talking. <laughs> Is course, that really it? I gotta, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta follow that on Twitter, too. Yeah, the various homilies over the years. This promo is still going on. We're, oh like, eight, we're like eight minutes in. This is... This is... Wow. Nothing quite like a Nazi doing the uh, too sweet salute. Yeah. And Jared's still talking. I mean, this is like a fucking Bill Clinton State of the Union address at this point. I mean, point. It, it's crazy that it's crazy that they, the NWO. This was the NWO. <laughs> like this was the NWO. Like this was the. Ugh. It's kind of like the Yankees when, like, yeah, they still had Don Mattingly. I guess that would be Scott Hall in this case, but like they also have Mel Hall and Andy mm. Hawkins. Yeah. Anybody who's a Yankee fan out there will certainly remember those dark days from about thirty years ago. I mean, it's funny because, like, Scott Steiner wasn't even really, like, he wasn't even really, like, Scott Steiner at this point. I mean, he was, but, like, he He's, wasn't. He was like, getting there, yeah. I mean. He was he, getting to, like, Big Papa Pump, but, like, it, it, he still kind of, well, I mean, he wasn't that fresh on his heel turn again. Well, it was, it, no, it was 98 when he did that. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, so I mean, he, he, had, he had some time. It's just that I, I, I tuned out WCW after a while. I mean, pretty much the end of, uh. Pretty much the beginning of 99. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I would go... I think at this point they were still airing Nitro. Um, they were still doing the rerun of Nitro, like yeah. right afterwards. So I was able to watch both. I mean, I definitely watched Raw. I mean, how could you not watch Raw at this point? I mean, 2000s is considered, is considered arguably to be one of the best years in WWF. I mean, at least pay-per-view-wise. I do remember in 2000, I wasn't able to watch a lot of them live because my work study job was on, uh, like, I, I kept getting assigned to Monday nights, which, mm. you know, I, I wasn't going to argue because I was just grateful for the work at that point. Yeah. Oh, there's oh, Norman I, Smiley with a, uh, holy crap, is he wearing a Dennis Bonfee jersey? <laughs> This is the thing I'm going to mark out for: is Norman Smiley <laughs> wearing a Dennis Bond V jersey? And this, 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 this medieval torture chamber closing slowly on him. Now we go to a uh, now we go to a recap of Nitro last Monday, where Terry Funk is beating up on Ric Flair, and it looks like I, I don't know who these people are that are pulling them off. Oh, look, look at this lineup: you got Tony Schiavone, you got Mike Tenay, and Scott Hudson. What a what a friggin' show, huh? Scott Hudson, a, a man who is kind of a symbol of late era at WCW, for better or worse. Oh, no limo approaches. Yeah, Dennis Bonvie was with the Penguins that year, but it was it, it was the minor league team that he was wearing the uh, jersey of, which is actually the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. 
Oh, and now we go, we come back from commercial, and there's another promo from the NWO. <laughs> like, Jeff Jarrett has been talking for almost the entire first 11 minutes of this video at this point. I mean, it just becomes incredibly annoying. Dennis Bonvey, by the way, was on the 0102 Bruins, and yeah. uh, he wasn't he wasn't very good. But during the playoffs, I, I had stated that I wanted him to uh, run over Ho- uh, Jose Theodore of the Canadians and serve the suspension with honor. Because mm. he probably would get. It's a shame he didn't do that. Yeah, I know, but you know, we 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 live with our past, I guess. Anyway, back to life action. <laughs> According to our notes, the NWO bought off referee Slick Johnson. Oh, here's here's the demon. Yeah. Does this have to do with Kiss? Who knows? It's fucking WC. Oh wait, it's Norman what? Smiley in the That's demon Norman outfit. Smiley. What? Yeah. Oh God. With the with the spikes, I oh, can't God. believe he's wearing a Dennis Bonvie jersey. It's like he went into this. He went in. He went in Norman Smiley, and he came out the demon. <laughs> he came out Norman Frown. <laughs> yeah, Norman Smiley versus the demon. I guess is uh, coming up. Here, here's the, here's something. This guy right here, the demon. Looks very similar to a current indie wrestler called Danhausen. I don't know if you know Danhausen. He, I follow him on Twitter. He's actually got a pretty good gimmick where he like, he he he'll talk and he'll just say like Danhausen this, and he talks in like the third person. It's kind of cool because he's 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 also like kind of small, like he's not a big dude, but he's got this like massive like chest tattoo on him. This is probably the only time anybody in the internet's talking about Danhausen, but um. You should check him out. He's pretty. He's pretty cool. He's like an indie wrestler. I, I kind of want him. To, I, I eventually want him to come and wrestle in chaotic for like one time, so I can so I can go up and so I can go up and get his autograph picture and yes. you know, and and then hang it proudly in my house, which is where I hope your your uh, Brian Pillman Jr. is hanging proudly it's, in your it, house. It's uh, it's still upstairs, but I do have a frame for it, so Good. Uh, I I can. And yes, uh, the demon was the kiss demon thing yeah, but now, now he's that. now he's just demon because they can't use kiss anymore because they want to disassociate themselves i mean think about how bad wcw is at this point in time where kiss doesn't want their name associated with the band that did kiss meets the phantom of the park the band that has kiss coffins <laughs> you could be buried in a kiss coffin and they don't want to be associated with this train wreck yeah Norman is screaming, by the way. I, I, I well, can hear like, faint audio. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, but Norman Smiley was always he was he was he was actually good comedic. He was good comedic break in a lot of the nonsense that was WCW at this point. Yeah, it all started with that wiggle stuff, which everybody that I watched with at the time absolutely loved that stuff because it was so, it was funny because it was. It, it was. It wasn't as in your face sexually as like the Val Venus stuff. Like we're gonna yeah. chop off his dick. It was like this sort of goofy looking dude doing the uh, basically doing a freak spank. And uh, just 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 in case anybody cares, there actually is a wrestling match going on right now. It's uh... yeah. There's actually a vertical <laughs> suplex by the demon. Onto I mean, Smiley. He, first thing he did is he came in and he stripped Norman Smiley of his demon outfit. And now Norman Smiley is running away, but he's got the face. He's got like the white face paint on. So I'm surprised nobody's trying to quote unquote cancel Norman Smiley for wearing white face or whatever. That Norman Smiley's white face. 
Hey. Cancel. Can we get a hashtag cancel Norman Smiley? <laughs> I don't, oh, I don't, his, his pants have like the happy face, but it looks like it's a frown on it. That's funny. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny because, you know, like he hates wrestling. <laughs> he's I mean, not no, one of those NXT trainers, or or I, I know that he um, was. Yeah, he was. In fact, a lot of people, a lot of people. Oh, what does he got him in? Like a chicken wing. He got uh, a. That's he it. Gets the, he gets the submission. Norman Smiley gets a win <laughs> from the cr- chicken wing. Nice. Yes. Hey, Shades of our backland, everybody. I guess it's called the, sauce. It's actually called Norman's Conquest. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Buy my barbecue sauce. Norman's Conquest. And I, I, and I just want to point out that the demon completely no-sold it and then ran after uh, Norman to the back. I mean, for the record, um, I'm pretty sure that Kevin Sullivan knows what the Norman Conquest is, but no one else in all of WCW fandom knew what the Norman Conquest was. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Especially at this point in time. Nobody that was in attendance knew what the or watching on television knew what the Norman Conquest. But I'm guaranteeing you Kevin Sullivan knew. Because that's just how intelligent Kevin Sullivan is. <laughs> Who the hell that, is that on TV? Was that Diamond Alice Page? No, that was Lenny Lane and Lodi. And they now want to be called Lane and Idol. And are collectively known as two excess. I I don't know. I, I don't remember any of this shit. But there's Sid. Oh no, there's a limo, an overused trope in wrestling. Like would have been better if they had just blown it up. Unless of course Sid was in there. In which case. So I just looked up Norman Smiley just because I was curious about this. Okay, Norman Smiley at the time of this taping would have been just shy of his 35th birthday. Norman Smiley looked like he was 75 years old in the previous match. Well, it was not a flattering look for him. Like, I, I don't think I don't think he should be joining the Kiss Army. <laughs> it would, it would, or, or maybe he could just dress up as like Peter Chris, you know, the easy easy makeup one. And now, Hallelujah, <laughs> Hallelujah, we're about to go to church, everybody. <laughs> That's. That's quite an altar he has with the pyro instead of just the regular candles like they have on the altar in the uh, Catholic Church. Hold on. I want to take my – I'm going to move the microphone away because I'm about to scream. Ready? Okay. Thank you. Dearly beloved, we are all gathered here today <laughs> in praise of the oh. man that rules the world. <laughs> He just hugged a 90-year-old woman, which is, like, the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I love Sid. I love Sid Vicious. I love this guy. So th- this match is a- is apparently a submission match against Mike Rotunda. Oh. <laughs> Sid! In a submission match. <coughs> oh, God. Oh. I don't... Look at... He's just... Everybody cheering Sid! <laughs> oh. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what is this like poppy baby face gimmick he's got doing? Like he's like waving his arms in the air and he's waving him around like he just, just don't care. care. Oh <laughs> God! Oh, the TNT yes. original movie Shutter Speed, starring Sting and Daisy Fuentes, premieres February sixth at ten p.m. Oh, the Oscar-nominated Shutter Speed. Oh, Mike Rotundo. Oh, and he's God. back to wearing the Syracuse jacket. That's too. IRS. Yeah. 
Of course, they brought back the Varsity Club in late-stage WCW, well, didn't well, they? of course, because Kevin Sullivan's booking right now. Why is, like, I don't know, he's wearing a Syracuse basketball jersey. Who, oh, this guy think, who does this guy think he is, uh, Chris Hero? Oh, my God, that's really funny that two of the four people that Sid Vicious fights in this night are former Varsity Club members. That's really oh, yes, funny. yes, that's right, because we get Rick Steiner coming up a little oh, bit later. Oh, my God. Does Rick Steiner come out in a Michigan jacket? I sure hope he does. I, I hope so. Sid's not exactly laying in those corner mount punches. He's a bit of a soft touch here today. Corner whip, but then he misses the charge, the knee in the corner. I'm just glad that his leg stayed in one piece. Mm. I bet you this is not going to be as exciting as that her, as that Sid Justice versus Hercules Madison Square Garden match. Or as exciting as Sid Justice versus Big Bully Busick when he restored the honor of uh, Mike McGurk. <laughs> Mike Rotunda with a figure seven? Yeah, this is a this is a friggin' a submission five. match involving Sid. I mean, give me a break here. <laughs> Just please tell me Sid beats him by reversing the figure four and Mike Rotunda gives up. That would just be how it should go with Mike Rotunda. Has this anybody guy, ever gave up in a reversed figure four like that, where they flipped it over? And Mike Rotunda's just about to. It's the, the only way I can think of. What is Sid going to put him in a sharpshooter? Well, Sid he, doesn't he, know any friggin' he, submission. He, he got to the ropes, but I'm I'm actually excited because I did not. I purposely did not read this part of the notes because I want to be surprised on how Sid wins this match. Yeah, I didn't read that either. I was like, I, I didn't read anything. I mean, I, I saw the grade that the person that reviewed this gave this match. And uh, let's just say I, people are very harsh to 2000 WCW, especially 2000 WCW Thunder. So, oh, yeah. are you staking out that ground as the defender of this tripe? <laughs> no, but maybe. I mean, if somebody has to, right? I why mean, does uh, Why does Rotunda have, have long hair? <laughs> there has to be good people on both sides at all times, right, Pete? Yeah, good, good, very fine. <laughs> Very fine people fine on people. both sides of there the were very fine people. There were very fine people booking. It was a tremendous amount of booking back in 2000 WCW. Very tremendous. Um, it was wonderful, beautiful. I looked at him very strongly, and I said, this is very bigly. We have to make sure it's bigly. I'm surprised, you know, Trump never appeared in WCW. You figured that they would have uh, thrown. So, uh, then, again, then again, he was kind of at a low ebb in uh, what was going on. It's like, oh! Look at what? Sid! Oh, oh he, what a dis... He was getting taken up for a Samoan drop, and then he basically put it oh. into a Crippler crossface. Wow. Using the very move that he submitted to at Sold Out to give Chris Benoit the WCW championship. Yep. But his feet were under the ropes. This time, Mike Rotunda's feet were not under the ropes. Look, what, what, a tech, what a technician Sid is. <laughs> He's the man. Who's the man? He not only is he a religious figure, but he's a great technical wrestler as well. Sid Vicious. <laughs> so bad. I mean, you want to have a scientific match? Call Sid. He, he'll he'll give you what you need. He'll bring his lab coat and his Erwin Erwin Meyer flask, whatever it's called, Bunsen burners. You know what sucks is I really wish we had. I really wish at some point we had gotten to see Sid versus the Warrior. Like they only oh. had it. They only had a couple of house shows, and then yeah, the Boston then, Garden. Had, Boston yeah. Garden had one. I'm surprised you didn't hop on the Orange Line on that day in '92. Then again, you would have been like 11. Yeah, or 12. I'm trying, I'm trying to think. What was that show? 
It was Probably. like April 26, 92, something like that, or somewhere around there. It was Sid's last match during that run. Mm. Was that the garden that he walked out afterwards and he quit? Yep. <laughs> he quit in the garden. That's awesome. Because I could just imagine him going back there and just yelling at Vince, saying, I quit. I can't work with this guy. <laughs> well, it was the whole steroid business that was going on. Like, I'll take all the steroids oh, I no. want by I God. I don't think it was. I think it was, I don't want to work with this guy with the tassels on his arm and the face paint. I don't understand him. <laughs> also, it's also it's April. And uh, but what's fun? What's fun? Well, I was, I was going to make the requisite softball joke, but I do want to point out that Sid, when he resurfaces in 96, obviously he does stuff in between. But the point where he comes back in 1996, it's subbing for the Ultimate Warrior, oddly enough. <laughs> At the In Your House International Incident. But it's funny because he subbed for the Warrior in 91 when Warrior left against Undertaker. Because I saw a match, I saw a uh, body bag match against Sid versus the Undertaker at the Garden. Oh, in right, yes. Yeah, and it well, was funny because, oh god, was it a body bag match or a casket match? I think it might have been a casket match. And I, been, I think they were doing body bag matches. Because I, I, I don't re- think they did I the remember, later. I remember watching a casket match. Where both of them went, like, I swear it was a casket match, or I saw a casket match where whoever the Undertaker was fighting, they went in, and, like, the Undertaker went into the casket first, and then the person went in with him, and then they had the casket closed, and then all of a sudden the casket door opens and the Undertaker came out. (laughs) But it might have been the reverse, because I think Sid threw him in the casket, and then Sid came out at the end, like, you know, like, cause Sid was the good guy. I got to look that up on, uh, history of WWE and check it out. Cause that's good. Yeah. I swear it was a casket match, but maybe it was a body bag match. I don't remember though, but, um, you can, tell, you can tell that I'm looking at this cause this is three count. What, what are they standing on green platforms? Like they're action figures or like, uh, <laughs> army guys. Well, there was a boy band vibe at the time with, Backstreet Boys and Sync that they were oh. trying to capture. I don't think oh. that they knew their audience, though. Oh, wait a minute. And this is um, this is a cruiserweight title match, right? Appar- apparently, yes. Thank God for these notes, because I would have absolutely no idea what was going on. Shane and... Helms and... So you don't remember Shane Helms and Shannon Moore? You don't remember well, Shane I remember Moore? Shane Helms when he did the hurricane uh, bit. But Shannon Moore? I have I have no recollection of anything. That's um sad. It's very sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah should, huh? know all about these guys. I'm pretty. I mean, I, one thing I am sure of is this is not going to be a 12 minute match because those did not exist in WCW in 2000. If there's one thing that I know, it's that none of these matches will be longer than like five minutes. <laughs> Evan Courageous. You don't remember Evan Courageous? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't even know which guy is which in the ring. <laughs> I have no, literally, no idea. Uh, well, that's 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 Greg Helms or Shane Helms or whatever his freaking name is. A giant that's frog a... splash gets a two count. Like, yeah, yes, let's let's blow up he that. Got, like, and he got air under him. Well, Eddie Guerrero's gone at this point, so they have to. You know, WCW has to make sure that you know. Oh, frog... that's funny. They're consciously burying the moves of the radicals because we, yeah. we saw the yeah we saw sid yeah although sid did beat but he beat mike rotundo with a 
thing. But they're subconsciously burying the moves. They're transitioning some moves and burying some others. What did Perry Saturn do? I don't remember. Didn't he do like a <laughs> tilt the world suplex or some nonsense? Or didn't he do like a rings of Saturn submission? Yeah. But I can't remember exactly how that went. Wasn't that just a cripple crossface? No, I think it was slightly different because I don't think they would have let him use the exact same thing that Benoit had. Mm. Of course, then again, it was WCW, so who knows? They might have called the exact same thing two different things. Like I like I told you, watching this 2000 episode of Thunder has a certain never again vibe to it. Like I, I like, where, where are we in this video? We're 27:40 in, and there's like an hour left, and I am. This is, uh, Thunder was a two-hour show. I guess, yeah, and it had been moved to Wednesdays at this point because I looked up to see what day of the week February second was. And yeah, oh. this is Wednesday. That was like a like a what do you call it? Twist of fate, almost? Or no, not a twist of fate. Like a swanton twist of fate or whatever. And it, corkscrew it was a corkscrew. Yes. Corkscrew palancha, I believe, is the technical palancha <laughs> man of palancha. <laughs> I'm sorry, plancha? Is it plancha? Corkscrew plancha! We need the volumes on so we could actually hear the correct phrasing from uh, from Mike Tanay. Mike Tanay, oh god. Cruiserweight and luchador specialist Mike Tanay. Now, actually, what I, what I need to point out is Thunder was not live at this point in time. It, it, the, the taping was on the first. It aired on the second. Oh, that's a pretty good turnaround time. And uh, the oh, next Jesus, oh, yeah, nice little pinning combination for Shannon. Mo- a bat. So he picks up the win with a backslide after we saw like all these high impact. Uh, no, but things. it was kind of it was in high impact. It was like a backslide, but it was almost like a uh, un- unprettier. But not he didn't go backwards. He kind of like he put him in the backslide and then he just dropped him on his head. I'm just sad we missed the Evan Courageous guest commentary by by not listening to the audio. Here we go now with another. Oh, Mad USA. Oh, that's yes. Medusa. Yes. <laughs> oh, a Lunder Blaze. And, she, and she's uh, she's showing just about everything she's got up top. Anyway. Mm. Imagine if Medusa had hung around. Like a Lunder Blaze, well, she would have had to hang around for a while. But imagine if, like, she hung around by the time that Trish Stratus became good and Lita became good. Like, that would have been, that would have been enough. That would have been, like, a good five, six years, though. But, I mean, she didn't really do much of anything in WCW for that period of time. So she could have just sat in WWF and kept collecting a paycheck. It would have been great if Trish and Lita had a uh, third person there that they you could sort of triangulate instead of just having those two against oh. each other. Hey, everybody, yeah. here he is. Oh, my God, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> your hero, Hulk Hogan. I know he's not and your hero. But... crashing down and you're racist inside. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, I don't know where you were going with the next lyric there, but... Uh... <laughs> Kevin Nash, what card subject to change? Yes, it is. <laughs> very, very much subject to change. Uh, so uh, on this night, February 2nd, WCW was in Amherst, Massachusetts, believe it oh. or not, 
for a WCW Saturday night taping that drew 886, I'm assuming, to the Mellon Center, which wow. is well below capacity. Wow. And it's definitely very much a WCW esque WCW Saturday night esque lineup because they did two two weeks worth of shows. And Sid was there. He defeated Al Green in a non title match. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the Maestro defeated Frankie Lancaster. The artist formerly known as Prince Iakea defeated Jeremy Lopez. Is that the guy is that the guy who went to St. John's? I don't remember. Uh, Lord Steven Regal defeated Fidel Sierra. Yes, Regal came back to WCW in 2000 for well, a while. After, well, that was after he's a man, such a man. Don't forget. Yeah, that was end of 98, beginning yeah. of 99, and then he goes back to WCW. But he's back in WWF at the end of 2000 because that was when he did the uh, the napkin etiquette promo that I love so much. I think that yeah. was November 2000. And Mean Gene is in the ring. I think he's going to introduce Hogan because they. This has got to be. This has got to be close to Mean Gene's end, right? Not in life. I mean, just in his run in WCW. (laughs) He stayed all the way to the end, though. He was there for all the way to the end. Yeah, Heenan wasn't there to the end. No. Yeah. Is he coming out to? um, He's American Yes, it, yes, it is. Yes, I, 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 I actually do have a low amount of volume coming through my headphones. That's okay. That I'm not really paying attention to. He's wearing the all red sort of look. Yeah, yeah. he's wearing the red and yellow. It's like he, it's like he's wearing the pa- He's wearing like I think similar pants to when he was helping out Savage at WrestleMania Four. <laughs> I was always fascinated by that. Hogan put on different pants to come down and help Savage. Well, he had he had wrestled earlier in the night, so he had his tights on. But then he came down. But Andre was still wearing his singlets. You wanted Andre to change into that weird suit oh. thing? Well, it just makes me laugh because you know, if Hogan's wearing pants and like a new shirt, that means that he went back after the match with. Let's think of this in realist, not kayfabe. Realistically, <laughs> he went back after his match with Andre. Oh, all right, brother. And then he jumped in the shower and he showered up and he, you know, probably blew a line of coke, ate a garage, whatever you want to use. And then he said, I'm going to put on some pants, brother. Make sure you keep bad news brown away from me. And then he said, and then he put on his pants and he put on his shirt and he sat down in the gorilla position next to Vince. And they talked about how they were going to bury Macho Man in his moment of triumph. <laughs> and then Andre, came, but the whole time Andre's in the back probably playing cards with, you know, Arnold Scullins in his singlet, sweaty, probably farting and shitting himself, you know, because he's eating too much cheese and drinking too much beer or whatever. And then, um, you know, the match with DiBiase happens, and Andre waddles out there with him, and he's still wearing his singlet. And then the moment comes, and Hogan's got to go down there and rescue Savage and bury Savage in his moment of triumph for winning the championship. You're forgetting that Andre was also choking out Bob Uecker very briefly. <laughs> the best part about that is still Andre cracking a smile as he's walking off camera. <laughs> 
Yeah, I haven't put that one through. I'm not sorry, what? I uh, I haven't put that one through the Andre to English dictionary. <laughs> I think I think it would just spit out what? <laughs> well, because he's because Bob is looking for Vanna, and then Andre just goes, "I don't care, Vanna." What? Ah, uh, he is the ex champion. Who cares about Vanna White? Ah, Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania is over. <laughs> Hey, would you mind getting your foot off my shoulder? Die over! <laughs> yeah. So, you, so you've watched that several times, apparently. It's WrestleMania 4. That was the first VHS tape I ever had. Duel. duel VHS. Yeah. That I had the same train of thought as a lot of other eight, nine-year-olds at the time. Like, wow, it's twice as much. Of course, it cost twice as much, too, because I think it was like 40 bucks. It actually says it on the uh, box. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Like, how how did they think that Hogan returning in two thousand was gonna uh, like pop business or whatever? It doesn't really I mean, make any sense. That's a good question. I mean, they thought that you know, they thought it was gonna be a big deal. I mean, it's Hulk Hogan. Now look, it's Lex Luger. Well, because they kind of they kind of bought it to the nostalgia kick a little bit. Because yeah. remember, that, remember that Nitro? He comes back out. He was the champ, and he had on the yellow and the red, and he came out yep. to the American Mate. Like that was a big deal. But nostalgia generally doesn't last very long. Hmm, Liz. Hmm, Liz is with Luger. Speaking of poor decisions, Lux Luger's. What is that hockey jersey? Who is that? I don't know what. It looks like the confidential logo. Remember when Mean Gene did WWE Confidential? It looks like the yes. confidential logo. Maybe that's what Mean Gene got the idea for that logo. <laughs> he, he he's making mental notes in the ring. Like, look, if I ever if I ever go back to Connecticut and they force me to do this show where I'm investigating stuff, like the death of Elizabeth. <laughs> that is one episode of Confidential that I remember watching. <clears throat> now here, this is the conversation going on. You know, Hogan. When you left, when you left up, no, when you left New York, I had to grab the ball and roll with it, and I never got a friggin' victory over Yokozuna. <laughs> Let's let me let me ask you a question. There are four people in that ring right now: Hogan, Luger, Elizabeth, and Okerlund. Two of them are deceased. Who is in the best shape right now? Now I know you're probably going to say Hogan just because he's alive, but. I I'm not so sure about that. I'm I might still say, go with Liz. I'm gonna say I was gonna say Elizabeth. Yeah, she's she's been dead for 17 years and is still in better shape than Hogan or uh, Luger. Well, Luger's like Luger had a stroke, right? Oh no, oh, he's yes. something else. Oh, yeah, look at this, it's Sting. Is this like a promo from 1997, or is it uh, uh, one of the many fake Stings that came along? And that's what WCW was about. It was it was a, basically a company that manufactured fake stings. Is it Brutus? Is it Brother Bruti? Beef Cake Baba? <laughs> Beef H- Hogan going Baba. after Luger is if he didn't already get his win back at Road Wild 97. Yeah, dude, that friggin' crowd. Oh, look at, look, oh. Now if we let this thing go longer, we're going to see Hogan hitting a woman. He assaulted her! He oh, atomic dropped oh, Liz. I mean, oh. 
and Liz's atomic drop is about as bad as Linda McMahon's taking the stunner. <laughs> he would do that spot with Sherry, and of course the difference is that Sherry knew how to... Now, you know, hold on a minute. Time out for a minute. You just saw Hogan. He held Luger's head, and he did a wind-up to hit Luger with a punch, right? Yeah, the old the old bolo punch of yeah. uh, the crusher. Yeah. But the funny thing is, did you notice he wound his hand up the opposite direction of what he landed the punch? <laughs> is that kind of like how Mr. Perfect used to sell the tornado punch in the wrong direction? <laughs> I call that the Mr. Perfect Coriolis effect. <laughs> oh, God. This Which guy's way a does racist. Mr. Perfect sell in your country? <laughs> well, in Australia, mate. He sells it the wrong right way, Croggy. Oh, God. Is there something wrong with the bidet? <laughs> Here at the American consulate, we make sure that, we make sure that the water runs the right direction. That's the best part of that Simpsons episode is when Homer flushes the toilet and this like massive machine just starts going to make the water turn the other way. And then Homer's just like, God bless America. Sweet land of liberty. (laughs) I love that part. That's the best part of that episode is Homer's obsessed with the toilet. (laughs) You know, I I, got to tell you, where where are we at the... uh... Oops, I just scrolled down. I just scrolled down by accident here. Uh, we're at the forty-minute mark now, so we're getting close to halfway through. And I have to tell you, if we're going to be watching any more WCW from two thousand, I don't care how much Sid there is, I'm going to have to get high for it. <laughs> You're going to have to get high. Yeah, I'm already there, brother. <laughs> oh, you did a wake and wake, bake. Wake and bake, brother. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing what kind of high chief tattoo you end up uh, you end up getting. <laughs> Try not to get one as expensive as Siviafi got, because I might change your gimmick next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Billy Kidman and Tori Wilson, who would actually have careers for a long time after this. Yeah. Yeah. They were, I, they were, were they married at this point? Were they ever married or were they not married? They were just, I don't know. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't married. They were just, can together. I, can I ask, uh, uh, preference, Tori Wilson or Stacey Keebler? That's a good question only because, I mean, they're both beautiful, but Stacey Keebler's got those legs that go on for days. I would, and yes, I, I would go with Stacy Keebler in that yeah. case. She's just I, something about like, and 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 forgive me for any of your female listeners uh, if you have some, but I mean, <laughs> it's like to- Stacy Tori Keebler's hot. Tori Keebler, <laughs> Tori Keebler's unbelievable. Tori Wilson's hot, but Stacy Keebler's like sexy, you know. And I think that's what it is, is it does it for me, is that Stacey Keebler is sexy. So you can put a pin in that. That is, is that, that is a very oh, good that's point. So that's Vampiro, and that's the wall, right? Is that the it, wall? It is, it is the wall, yes. It's the wall. The guy who ended up, his presence <laughs> ended up burying Berlin. Yes, but, and Berlin was uh, uh, Alex Wright. 
Of course. And Alex Wright was was Alex Wright was great. And that, no, yeah, no. of course he was. And I, that was one of the reasons why I was so pissed about WCW late 99 is they had this great buildup for Berlin with the vignettes, and then they fucking gave up on him in, like, yeah. two episodes. It's, in part because he got sandbagged at the fall brawl pay-per-view by Bagwell refusing to job to this guy that they had been building up for months. Yeah. Yeah. And then Hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, like, not selling his shit like he was Paul Roma at Super Brawl 5. Like, why did that keep happening to Alex Wright? I don't know, but you can actually see my playlist of other things that I've put in for uh, for potential shows. So I guess it kind of ruins the surprise if you're closely paying. Oh, attention. Well, I wasn't even paying attention. I'm not, I don't look. But one I, of them I, has a picture of Alex Wright. Oh, nice! <laughs> I have been trained to not look at anything else whenever I'm looking at shared screens. <laughs> I don't know when we're watching at WCW 2000, I'm trained to look at anything but WCW in 2000. Well, well, the reason why I'm saying that is because, you know, given the current state of the world right now where everything is on Zoom, you can't really focus on what anybody else is showing. Have you been have you had a Zoom meeting where somebody's presenting their screen and all you do is stare at what they have on their, what they have on their like toolbar at the bottom? Like, hmm. Yeah, you're doing you're doing that thing like that Republican congressman who had like a porn tab open at yeah. the top, or maybe it was JBL. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> where they all blend like, together at this point. Where he, where he's got like uh, like jizzhut.com, like clearly like at the top, like saved as like a favorite, like sure. recent recently accessed. You know. Yeah, recently accessed. I, I hear you, brother. Is it me uh, or does the wall look like Kevin Nash? Like in his As Oz. As Oz. Oz yeah. Oz Vegas. Like he's in his Oz Vegas outfit. Actually, you know what he looks like? He looks like if Kevin Nash as Oz had a child with the Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> All he needs is a beer, and he just got hit over the head with a chair twice by Kidman. That's an outlawed move. Yeah. I don't like to do those anymore. Oh, Vampiro taking a dropkick share shot. What I wonder is, is the wall still alive? I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know who he is. The Google. Well, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm checking that. No, he died in 2003. Oh, so Jerry Toot. He's still in better shape than Lex Luger, though. I can tell you that. He was Sergeant AWOL. Oh, he was in TNA as Malice. Yeah. I guess not. Show up. He was bought by WCW. He was signed. Wait, when Vince bought or when Shane McMahon bought out WCW, let's stick with our cake they had. Yes. It was a McMahon signature on the contract. It just wasn't Vince McMahon. He was signed to a developmental contract. Oh, he was later given his release so he could deal with personal issues. Huh. The he much like uh, much like uh, David Von Erich, he died in Japan. So, I don't know what that means, but uh, oh, that's a shame. Rest, rest in peace, Wall. You're, you're even, even though you've been decomposing for 16 years, you're still in better shape than Lex Luger. Yeah. So I don't know why I'm being. So, I think the reason why I'm being so mad, being so angry at Lex Luger, is seeing him with Elizabeth just sets me off. Elizabeth, who was not in the WWF Hall of Fame. Well, it's the WWE Hall of Fame, but it's also worthless. <laughs> it's like, oh, does Vince want to invite you over to his house? That's pretty much what it is. Now, let me ask you this: if they if they did create 
a physical Hall of Fame, which it's funny because whenever you watched like, well, let's take last year's WrestleMania because this year's WrestleMania, there was none of this nonsense. But like last year's WrestleMania, when they showed like clips from the fan access, they had like a lot of stuff. They had a pretty good like movable you know, touring Hall of Fame where they had, like, stuff that you could do and see and touch and look at. I mean, it's, you know, like, I was just thinking something like Jimmy Hart's jackets and, like, Ric Flair's robes, you know, like, have an actual ring where kids can go in and, like, run run the ropes at least. Maybe not jump off the ropes, but, like, run the ropes. Have, like, a whole history of all the championship belts that were made, you know. Like, that would be kind of cool. I mean, considering that WWF owns the library of almost every freaking independent organization at this point, that's like, like a, that's a that's a pretty significant Hall of Fame that they could pack full of history, and then have you know that room that you go into where they have everybody's plaques with you know do it like the friggin' baseball Hall of Fame and have like a little bronze face of everybody you know I don't need the bronze statues like everybody doesn't need to have a statue we don't need a statue for everybody that's in there but like have the plaque with the guy's face on it and have like some of their you know accomplishments I mean why not I think that would be kind of cool. You don't I mean, want they, the Hillbilly Jim statue? <laughs> Maybe the Hillbilly Jim statue. <laughs> but I think that would be kind of a neat idea. And I mean, I don't know. I guess you could put it in. You could put it in. I, I guess you'd have to probably put it in maybe next to full sale, I guess, at this point. Because, I mean, I don't know if there's there's not anything. They're, they're not doing anything. And New York's way too expensive for them to put that in. Yeah, it would have to be in Orlando. You're not going to put it in Stanford. Oh, how funny would it be if it was in Orlando and MGM, where they used to friggin' tape WCW? How hilarious would that be? And there's a whole room, and that would be, that's that's a Vince McMahon right there. We're going to put it in MGM, where they used to tape WCW, and we're going to have a whole room that's dedicated to the death of WCW. Well, I, I would want to go to the uh, to the worldwide <laughs> exhibit where it's like experience a, a simulated virtual reality of being at a pro slash worldwide <laughs> taping. Like put your thumbs down when the camera is focused on you and Dave Taylor is coming to the ring. I was going to say, would it be that or would it just be just silence? There's no Michigan, to... no Michigan jacket for Rick no, Steiner, there is by not. the way. No, no. no Rick Steiner's in his uh, his. I don't know what you call it, stage. <laughs> his his fighting, uh, what's her name on a pole match? Mm-hmm. Judy Backwell on a, pole, on a pole match stage. They just showed him getting powerbombed off the stage by Sid from November of 99 on Nitro. Clearly, I don't remember that because I stopped retaining information from this promotion at that point. Don't forget, they're only two months away from blowing up the entire thing and hitting hitting the reset button which i think yeah, was, right it was an awful decision I, I guess they had a really good pay-per-view the third the sunday after that i think it was spring stampede 2000 something like, i don't even remember but uh but w- once they did that it's like well why why should i care if they if they could just hit the reset button whenever they want I mean, instead of having instead of having continuity this is a hardcore match, by the way, between Sid and Rick Steiner. Mm. I mean, I don't quite understand. Uh, so this but... is this show is, I, I would guess, the... I guess it's in the middle of the push to Super Brawl. 
Yeah. And at, and at that Super Brawl, you had Ric Flair fought Terry Funk in a te- Texas death match. Uh-huh. Hogan fought Lex Luger, or as he's known at this time, just the total package. <laughs> so they must have lost out the WCW must have lost the uh, <laughs> the copyright name to Lex Luger. Um, Billy Kidman fought Vampiro. The Mama Lukes fought David Flair and Crowbar. Big T, <laughs> who's oh my god, Big T is friggin' Ahmed Johnson. Holy shit, is he on this show? I didn't read. Is Ahmed Johnson on this show? He's not, is he? Uh, God damn it, the one person in friggin' 2000 I'd want to watch. No, this is, uh, unfortunately, there is no Ahmed Johnson here, uh, which is is a shame. Yes. Ahmed Johnson. Oh, my God. Big T with Stevie Ray and (laughs) fucking Clarence Mason. So the cast-offs, it's Jay Biggs. Jay Biggs is his name. Okay. And it's G- it's Clarence Mason who was the attorney for the nation. So the castoffs of the Nation of Domination teamed with Stevie Ray to fight Booker, otherwise known as King Booker. Booker T, baby. Wait, was wow. this at the point where he had to change his name to GI Bro because he lost the T in his name? <laughs> he might have. He must have because his name was Big T. I met Johnson's name was Big T. Tank Abbott who wasn't Tank Abbott. Wasn't that the guy that they wanted like to bring in and be like this to do shoots on everybody? I think more Tank, or less. Yeah. They had the, it was the reason why Vince Russo got fired was he wanted to put the title on Tank yeah. Abbott and they were like, okay, yeah, we're not doing that. Or that, that's what I've heard anyway. I mean, there were many of uh, many other reasonable uh, reasons, I guess, for them to fire him. Yeah. Okay. So I, Tank, Tank Abbott fought Big Al, which is Al Green. Um, the wall fought the demon. Notice I'm not telling you who won and who lost. Because <laughs> they're I'm, all non-finishes. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I'm going to ask you later if you can... I'm going to ask you then if you can tell me. I'm going to go down the list again, and I want you to tell me who won and who lost. Um, yeah, all, right, all right, so let's start at the start. Let's start okay. at the beginning. Okay. Lash LaRue fought the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea for the vacant WCW Cruiserweight Championship. I think Iakea won. You are correct. Okay. Brian Nobbs, with Fit Finley, fought Bam Bam Bigelow for the WCW Hardcore Championship. I believe Nobbs won. Okay. Are you looking at this? No, I'm not. All right. right. Norman Smiley fought in a handicap match, three count, which is Shane Helms, Shannon Moore, and Evan Courageous. I think Norman Smiley somehow won that. He did not. Um, okay. the wall fought the demon. I'll go with the wall. He did. Big Al fought Tank Abbott in a leather jacket on a pole match. Tank Abbott won. He did. Booker, not, <laughs> formerly known as Booker T, Booker Huffman fought Big T with Stevie Ray and Jay Biggs. I'll go with Booker in that. Nope, Big T. Oh. Um, Vampiro fought Billy Kidman. Uh, I'll go with Kidman. Yep. They're setting them up for the big Hogan program. Yep, they sure <laughs> are. For the WCW World Tag Team Championship, hmm. you have David Flair and Crowbar with Dafty, mind you, mm-hmm. uh, fought the Mamelukes, which was Big Vito and Johnny the Bull. I'm going to go with Flair and Crowbar. 
The Mamelukes retained their championship over David Flair and Crowbar. Okay. Um, the Funker against Ric Flair in a Texas Death Match. Flair won that. Yeah, Flair, I, did Flair win every match against the two of them? Um, I think so. Hogan Hogan fought the total package with Miss Elizabeth. Gee, I wonder who won that one. <laughs> <laughs> and the main event, the main event was Sid Vicious versus Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett in a three-way dance for the WCW World Championship. Lasting seven minutes and 40 seconds. Sid won. Yeah. So for that entire pay-per-view, one match went over – no, two matches. Two matches went over ten minutes. One of them was the Texas Death Match. Can you guess out of all the rest of those matches, can you even come up with the other match that went over ten minutes? Uh, Norman, Smiley and three, Norman Smiley and three count? The tag title match. Uh, all the other matches were under nine minutes. <laughs> Oh my god, what a shitty pay-per-view. This is what WCW was putting out back then. I'm surprised that I got 8 out of 11, correct? Yeah. For a, for a show that you admittedly did not watch. Oh, James Brown made a surprise appearance performing with Miller <laughs> during his yeah. hit with the maestro. Yeah, they, they get James Brown for a pay-per-view and don't fucking promote it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a bunch of assholes they are. I mean, maybe not as big of an asshole as Jeff Jarrett was in that photo that we saw on the last GFA Live where he got his arms crossed with the fucking ridiculous double J. You mean F. Arrett? <laughs> F. Arrett, yes. <laughs> you mean F. Arrett? <laughs> dun, 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 well, dun. I did, uh, you know, you know I, I've said this before that I, I hate meme stuff online, but I actually did see a good one which was a picture of Jarrett and Karen Angle, and it said, it, it said the best angle Jeff Jarrett has ever been in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now that's great. Means he sexually penetrated her, is what that joke means. <laughs> well, he uh, penetrated her sexually. Uh, that's what, what, the hell is, what the hell is this shit up next here? I've, lo- I've lost. I've lost it on my format. Uh, oh, the oh wait, no. We, we we just saw Sid Vicious versus Rick Steiner. I mean, I can't even remember what I just saw. That's how bad this is. Diamond Dallas Page versus the Machine. The Machine. The Machine. That's a gay bar in like Somerville, I think. How do you? What were you doing there? <laughs> Don't ask. Wow, you should be the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I I have no recollection of this guy machine, but I did see from the notes that there's going to be a spot in this match that uh, apparently looks Wait. incredibly screwed up. Does he have a he has a mask on? Yeah, oh. it looks like it. Now it's time to play. Who's under the mask? I even I actually don't don't know. What does it say? That somebody. Um, uh, Emery Hale. Oh, does it say it in the notes? Ah, it, shit. It does. Uh, H- Emery Hale. Hmm. But what is nice is that he's wearing the mask, but he's also wearing trunks as well. So it's yeah. a nice little tribute on this week where we lost Mr. Wrestling 2, who would also <laughs> wear a mask with trunks. And sometimes a cardigan sweater. Yes. I posted that picture at GF Allentown Pod on, uh, on the Twitter. The the great mid-south picture that looks like one of those awkward family photo deals with uh 
wrestling two in a cardigan and the rest of the guys in suits, which are Magnum T.A., Boyd Pierce, and Lanny Poffo for some reason. What I think is great, though, is the, the stupid fucking smile on Lanny Poffo's face. And then I asked you, I go, is that Lanny Poffo? And you said, yes, and this is right after Mr. Wrestling 2 just, like, ripped into him. <laughs> I think it might have been – it was the interview where he ripped into him saying, the, he comes from a bad family. And, <clears throat> yeah. and Lanny's like, well, I am kind of taken aback by your comments. I'm going to go to the back and suck my own dick to make myself feel better. And this is how I'm getting this guy over, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. EDP was only uh, 68 years old at this time. <laughs> Wasn't EDP born in 1931? I, I don't remember. <laughs> Those CDP yoga things. It makes them timeless, I guess. Hey, man, you know who's in the best shape out of anybody on this card at this point in time? DDP. Kimberly? Oh. <laughs> no, currently. Oh, Kim- yeah, Kimberly. I guess. I'd hate- Ooh, I'd hate to see what Kimberly looks like currently. Really? Well, because I don't know. I don't know if she held up. I wonder if she held up. I remember she was in 40-year-old version. Remember that? When she was in the 40-year-old version and her yes. boob popped out? At the speed dating thing? That was great. That was, like, highly unexpected, and I was very excited about that. Mm. Just her, you know, random boob popping out on, like, a regular, you know, movie. Now I'm doing that stupid Google search for, like, Kimberly Page now. (laughs) (laughs) Did she kind of fall off a little bit? Uh, No, she looks all right. I don't know. Honestly, though, she's she's in group photos, and I can't tell like which one is her. Yeah, she looks okay. Yeah, she's yeah, she's all right. No, she's only like what? How old is she? She can't be that old. I think she was born in '68, so that would make oh, her nice. There's a picture of her with the booty man. All right, here's the spot. I think this is the spot right here. Here's the machine going up to the top rope. DDP goes to the other side of the ring. Hits the ropes, so Machine just jumps off and crotches himself. I can I could not put into words just how fucking weird that was. <laughs> he literally hit the other side of the ring to make the ring rope shake. Yeah, it was very car- cartoonish. Even like Hanna Barbera though would be like, "Fuck that! That, that is way too preposterous." That's just terrible. But it's time and Alice Page. You got to give the guy credit. He tried hard. I don't think he's quite as beloved as Mongo, per se, but... Uh... Not by today's standards, no. Yeah. But at the time, he does hit that. He hit the diamond cutter right there. I love that diamond cutter. There's that There's that awesome... When Heath Slater was doing that gimmick where he kept losing to all the old wrestlers, and, you know, yes. Sid came out and beat him up, Vader came out and beat him up, and then there was one where Doink the Clown came out, and he actually beat Doink the Clown. But then, but then DDP came out, and he came in, and this was right when he's promoting Diamond Dallas's, you know, his uh, DDP yoga, and he comes in, he gives him like a high five, he's like, yeah, good for you, man, and then he hits a diamond cutter, and it's perfect. <laughs> it's like a perfect diamond cutter, and I'm like, goddamn, DDP was talented. I do respect him for how much he's tried to actually earnestly help people over the years. Yeah. No, Diamond Dallas Page is, like, a genuinely good guy. Like, he's probably one of the nicest guys post-wrestling 
out there. I mean, and I really hope he does not commit a triple homicide this weekend because then it'll <laughs> age particularly poorly, <laughs> very poorly. But like, <laughs> it's always going to be a triple homicide. <laughs> it's got to be a triple homicide, right? Turns into he turns into Juice Simpson in his retirement. <laughs> All right, well here's Funker and Flair. Is this gonna, is this going to make me feel better thing. about this program? The same thing we just saw the other day. The other day. The, oh my god! It seems like we've been watching Thunder for four days. <laughs> yeah, we actually started this on Tuesday. We've just uh, been talking the entire time. I've done a lot of editing though. For uh, <laughs> oh my god. I cut I out your I... three-hour rant against the UN. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if they'd stop fucking around. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, all right. So it's Ric Flair and Terry Funk, but it's the year 2000. You know, I'm I'm fine with what I'm seeing right now. Mm. But it's such a small part of this program. Should I actually watch? No, I'm not going to watch Super Bowl 2000. I'm not putting myself through that. Oh, here's Daddy Arn. Wearing his best golf shirt. And well, this, is, this is funny because the notes on here, I did read this part. The notes say like that Arn Anderson says the Flair versus Funk feud got him into wrestling. Then <laughs> somebody went, and the guy put, wait, what? I'm not the best NWA historian, but is there another major Flair Funk feud other than the one in 1989? I'm sure they had matches before, but unless I've never heard of it, they never did anything major other than their famous matches. Anyway, it says Anderson respects both guys, but isn't that funny to say that this is what got them in? This is no, what got Anderson into wrestling. You don't understand, okay? What what happened is that Arn Anderson, who looks exactly the same like all through time is clearly a time traveler. And yes. when he got to 1989 and experienced the funk and flair feud, which by the way, he's in WWF. So it's not like the Marty McFly thing where he's seeing himself. Okay. Uh, he decided to get into wrestling at that point, but in turn traveled back in time to 1982 mid South to start out as an enhancement guide, then work Southeastern and uh, eventually makes his way up to Crockett. That's how it happened. Okay. Arn Anderson is a time traveler, and that's why this promo makes sense. Oh, well, hey, that sounds very – you know what? I give you an A for effort. That was a great, believable uh, – I believe you. Not even I not have, even high right now. I have no reason to – I have no reason to not believe that. <laughs> Arn so, Anderson. yes, it, it, got, it got him into wrestling six years after he had begun. Big Daddy. <laughs> I don't know. Whenever I think of, whenever I say the name Arn Anderson, I just get like a Dusty Rhodes, like Arn Anderson coming at you, Big Daddy. Did Did you see my comment the other day on on Twitter? And I, I know I'm just putting over my social media or whatever that I really don't care about that. That, that that Guy Fieri is the modern day Dusty Rhodes, and he just went into restaurants <laughs> instead of being that. a pro wrestler. I did see that. <laughs> You can't beat my prices, but you can't beat my meat. Ooh, daddy. Ooh. Oh, God. Who the hell is this guy? Think of how different this UFC is. is. Wait, think of what? Like Tank, When Tank Abbott was at UFC, it was basically just like, forget, as I understood it, like Battle of the Tough Guys, a lot of it. Where yeah. you had like your... You had your wrestlers like 
Severn, and you had different styles, and now it's all Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, like, dudes like Tank Abbott don't exist because they get friggin' mauled by guys who just operate on a higher plane. But here he is, and, you know, I, I thought, well, this is interesting at the time, but I don't, I didn't understand. I don't think I quite understood how to translate oh, MMA to this. Wait, let's pay homage to the man right there on screen. I believe there, that was Ming. Was that Ming? Yeah, oh, yes, it was. Okay. <laughs> For a second, I thought it was Carlito because he had the same He did hair. have the Carlito hair. But let's pay homage to my one true, my lord and savior, Ming, <laughs> the great King Haku. <laughs> I love how you still refer to him as King Haku, like you're Japan. Like, he was referred to as King Haku in Japan even when he had lost the crown to Duggan. Apparently, it was not recognized in that jurisdiction. Listen, it's just like we don't stop calling them senator after they retire. She's still known as Secretary Clinton. I'm going to call him King Haku until the man passes, and then I will say King Haku R.I.P. Do you still call Wade Barrett King Barrett? Yes. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. I I always look. He's still King Duggan to me. Well, no, he's king. not. He's not King Duggan. No, King Duggan. He had, he had like four months as the king, and it was weird because he was carrying an American flag and wearing a crown. I guess it depends on the level of respect I want to bestow upon the person. I will always refer to Haku as King Haku. But no, I don't consider him way – no, he's Bad News Barrett as far as I'm concerned because that Bad News Barrett gimmick was the best gimmick for him. I'm yeah. Afraid. I've got some bad news. My, they even put him my, up with a cherry picker? Yeah, even, I love that. Even, even my brother who barely watches wrestling will like come into the house and just go, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. My divorce is still pending. Like <laughs> – <laughs> He'll just he'll say things like he does the bad news Barrett voice. That's w- like that's a you know hmm? WWE in 2014 and and there's Disco and the Mama Luke so I really don't give a shit about that WWE in 2014 had so many positive things going on at once and screwed them all up so unbelievably quickly mm-hmm. between bad news Barrett Cesaro uh, I mean Daniel Bryan got hurt but. Who, whose fucking idea was it that, like, all right, he wins the great WrestleMania match and, you know, the he climbed the ladder and all that, overcame the authority? Let's have him fucking feud with Kane right away. Kane, who, by the way, and by the way, it makes no sense because, yeah, they're former tag team partners years before, but Kane had lost. He, he got squashed in that six man at WrestleMania. So yeah. why the fuck is he getting he, why is he getting title shots? I think I think Kane was doing favors. Just like Elizabeth with Jack Tunney, the Bad News Brown blew the lid off in 88, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'll allow it. Um, It's actually funny because – so I actually actually enjoyed WrestleMania this year, the two-day event. Not everything, but I liked a lot of it. I thought that a lot of it was good. I was kind of happy with – I was kind of happy the way they kind of buried Goldberg and Brock Lesnar – I thought was good. Like, I kind of liked both of those things. And I'll tell you, man. So I got excited. I said, let's see what happens the next night. I know it's obviously not the same as the normal next night after Raw nonsense that they pull. But I was kind of excited to watch the following night. I'm a bit of a Drew McIntyre fan. I hope that he does well. I'm glad to see that they're still sticking with him. You know? But I 
literally started screaming at the top of my lungs in my house when I saw that they wheeled out the big show. And I went, this is exactly what happened to Daniel Bryan. <laughs> they, they have this major push of this new crowning of this new icon of youth and vigor in the company. And then they immediately pair him with an old asshole that's just going to come out and just – and I was so looking forward to another four months of just constant big show Drew McIntyre matches. And I was I was so angry. And then it quickly dissipated because they didn't go down that road. But I was like, that's exactly what they did to Daniel Bryan. They put him in a feud. They did that with Randy – not Randy Orton. They did that with um Seth Rollins. Like, Seth Rollins won the title after this, like, big epic victory. And they freaking put him against Kane. Like, why did they do that? They put yeah. them against the old solid hand that's going to tell Here, bro, we're going to put this in there, guy. It's all set now. It's just – I hate it. Like give the I said what they should have done is they should have had Drew McIntyre immediately start feuding with somebody young and impressive like maybe Cesaro or maybe Rusev build new characters build new people or even no. even if Sheamus was ready to come back and I, I know that what, what was last night on SmackDown is like Jeff Hardy throw piss on him or something some weird yeah. bullshit yeah so I don't know if you're up I don't know if you're in the now but they but uh, so Raw was being written by um, Paul Heyman. Yeah, and and he's out. Written, yeah, and SmackDown was being written by Bruce Pritchard. And now Bruce Pritchard's going to write both. And yeah. I thought it was really funny that they did a piss angle because you know who was laughing at that? <laughs> That's good shit, pal. Like, if there's one thing Vince loves, it's piss and shit jokes. Well, what's funny is, in a, you know, we got David Flair and Crowbar in there against... Um, oh, oh, who, yeah, the Mama Luke's. Who, who gives a shit? My my take on it is that I mean Pritchard knows how to operate politically, and Paul yeah. Heyman uh, is is always going to be kind of his own man. But yeah. I think part of it is Friday Night SmackDown has done okay in the demo eighteen to forty nine relative to other shows that are on the air at that time. The problem is. Um, you know, they don't have as much competition as a show on Monday would, which is why Raw is behind all this other stuff like in, in the key demos. So they think, well, clearly now that must mean SmackDown's doing okay. But honestly, I am still of the fervent belief that it was all a Trojan horse by Fox. They were willing to eat one year and put SmackDown on the network on Friday night so that they could then move it to cable for the rest of the contract. Sure. That that's going on to Fox sports one without question. Speaking of Fox sports one, Oh, there's Stacy Kubler's legs, but speaking of Fox sports one, I saw her, I, they're airing survivor series 96, like either tonight or Sunday or something. Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. That was a pretty good survivor series. Actually. Can I, can I say something about Daphne? Sure. Uh, like, like, and I'm talking about the character. I'm not talking about the woman who play. She looks like the kind of woman that you know when you have sex with her, she she wants you to like hit her, and then and then she goes off and cries and listens to like Anya albums. <laughs> like that that that's what she kind of looks like to me. Interesting comments, nonetheless. <laughs> um, you're talking about Daphne. I thought you were, when you said the character, not the. I thought you were talking about Daphne from Scooby Doo. 
And I was like, that's a little interesting transition. We were just talking about Daphne. Keep your eyes on the WCW Thunder prize here. We're, you know, come on. And I'm surprised, uh, and I'm surprised you no sold that one because I, you know, I, I thought I was going to get you with an Enya reference, but uh, who makes an Enya reference? <laughs> Does she even have a last name? Isn't that Enya's song? Wasn't that like her one big hit song? Who will say? Yeah, that's, I just did, I just sang this song. Yes, yes, I was kind of giving lyrics did, to it because you were oh, just kind of humming it. I, yeah, I don't know the lyrics to Enya, unfortunately. Um, but but thank you. No, no, I think it's fine. Well, when you're talking about, you know, striking a woman while you're having relations with her, that is a fetish. I mean, there are people that enjoy that. But, you know, in this Me Too movement, we have to make sure that we respect. <laughs> no means no, Pete. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm just saying that that's kind of what what she uh, strikes it. She also she also looks like she might be into smoking sex. You, yeah, you know, like like there's a special kind of porn where it's like the woman is smoking during it. I I, I don't get it very much. Yeah, but like you sometimes know. she she sometimes she's able to make the smoke come out of her hey nu nana. That's usually sex that involves Chris Angel. I, I'm, I'm, I am, yeah, I, I could not continue it's down the road. Nonetheless, that's there's, 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 there's no censorship on this program, but I really don't want to say what I was thinking there. <laughs> Some things you're not able to take back. Uh, again, folks, we have been watching WCW Thunder from February of 2000. How, how much is left in this video? Oh my God, we're down to about 12 minutes. <laughs> This is a fucking Batan death march here. I mean, this is da- David. Every time I see David Flair, <laughs> I think of that angle where they shave Ric Flair's head on Nitro with no build, and uh, it, it's literally the most angry any wrestling angle could could make me. I guess we know now that the uh, that WWE is the only place that a Flair child can get over. I guess, yeah. Well, I mean, they kept throwing David Flair out there, which I mean, why did they not like put a stop to this at some point? Like, what was he? What was he bringing to the table other than I don't know, making his father happy? I mean, and Disco Inferno's on guest commentary. I've never been so happy for the mute button. <sighs> yeah. I mean, this guy's like Rick. It just—it's so funny that like David Flair is Ric Flair's son and is just horrible, and yet Charlotte Flair is Ric Flair's daughter and she's the greatest wrestler in the history of wrestling. <laughs> she's more of a natural athlete, though. She has I, athleticism, so she's much more. Um, I, I love the people who are like stop giving Charlotte title shots. It's like. Well, who the fuck are they supposed to give title shots to? Like on, on the what? What Sonya Deville? I mean, I mean, I guess Sonya Deville's gonna play Batwoman in the new CW in that. Well, in the Batwoman CW show, she's gonna get an she's gonna get an audition and they're gonna give it to her. Really? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I read that online. You know what's <laughs> funny? If I could really wait, if I could stop for a minute, isn't it interesting? Doesn't David Flair kind of look like Dustin Rhodes a little bit? I wonder if. Uh... A son of a son of a son of a gun. I wonder if David Flair is not really. 
I wonder if shenanigans were afoot in the Flair household one night back in like 1970 something or other. Are, are you saying that uh, that David Flair is actually Judith Light? <laughs> one of those deals. I would say that let's take a look here for a minute. I want to do. I want to try to. I want to go down this. I want to go down this rabbit hole of a uh, of a conspiracy theory. Yes. <clears throat> okay. David Flair was born in March of 1979. Wow, he's 40. He's our age. Wow. Um, hmm. So in June of 1978, was was Dusty Rhodes accounted for? <laughs> or was Dusty Rhodes maybe having some shenanigans in uh, Dust- Charlotte, North Carolina? <laughs> Dusty Rhodes was working uh, the New York Territory in 78. Could he have gone home for, oh, maybe somebody came up and had a visit. He looks just like friggin', he looks just like friggin' Dustin Rhodes. I don't think David Flair's a Flair. I think David Flair is a Rhodes. (laughs) (laughs) David Flair is a Runnels.com. That's, David, no, we gotta stick with their names. We don't wanna go Flair and Runnels. David Rhodes is a Ro- David David Rhodes. David Rhodes dot com. <laughs> David Rhodes. I'm gonna, I, that's what I'm going to say from now on is David Rhodes. I think I think David Flair is Dusty Rhodes's kid. No, he, uh, David. Son. David Flair is actually time traveling Cody Rhodes before he got the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, he looks. He look, if you go back and look at – if you don't go back to the video because we don't want to go back, back in this video. But if no. you Google David Flair, he looks just like 1995, 94 Dustin Rhodes. Like young Dustin Rhodes with the hair and everything. Like the you know the white hair. He looks just like death, death Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> I don't think David Flair is Ric Flair's kid. I'm sure Ric Flair has a bunch of other kids that he doesn't know and he hasn't met yet. So I'm sure that David – it's not unthinkable that David Flair is actually a Rhodes and not a, and not a Flair. We need, looks- we need to get David Flair and Ric Flair on uh, the Maury Povich show so we can settle this once and for all. <laughs> you I mean, are this, not the father. I mean, at this point, you could probably get David Flair on Greetings from Allentown. I mean, I'm sure booking him is not that hard. Does he have a cameo? Because I actually looked up like wrestler cameo prices. Yeah. Uh, it's like probably 150 wrestlers, and by far the best value on the whole list was Tito Santana, and it wasn't hey. even close. I'm talking value, like per per dollar, like the value of Tito Santana for what he's charging, which is like 25 bucks, yeah. versus like a lot of like modern people who are like 100 bucks. Like I don't give a shit about you. Well, how long is how long is a cameo last? It's two minutes. You could ask that question to David Flair in two minutes. Are you really Dusty Rhodes' son? <laughs> I'm not sure that the, I'm not sure that that fits within the guidelines of what they'd allow me to ask. Like, guess I want you to personally insult and question the man's um, uh, where he came from. I haven't seen a birth certificate yet. <laughs> I need to see David Flair's long-form birth certificate. I don't know. You tell me. Was he born in Charlotte or was he born in Kenya? You tell me. I don't know. All I'm saying is we don't have his long-form birth certificate. He was born in Austin, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, this is some sort of cage match here with the Harris Twins versus Sid. They haven't gone into the cage yet, so... Now... 
I, I have to point out that this is not the first time I've had uh, Sid versus both the Harris brothers on Greetings from Allentown. Do you remember the other time? Um, was it Sid versus the DOA at one point or something? No, it was 1996 Superstars, the same one where Brian Pillman got uh, Pillmanized by Austin with the chair. Okay. There was there was a match between Sid and one of these guys. They were the I think they were the Blue Brothers or some. Oh, uh, okay. Well, no, no, the Grim Twins, the Grim Twins, and they kept alternating in and out. So it was basically a de facto handicap match with Sid against them. And Sid I mean, was a baby face in that one too. Is this the most work Sid has done in any promotion? <laughs> they were asking a lot of him. Yes. I mean, he's wrestling three times on one card. That's to say yeah. they just taped just Thunder. Well, they would have just taped one week of Thunder, right? Yeah, they they only did one week at a time. But it was smart of them. At least this is in the Northeast, in Binghamton, New York, versus you know somewhere else. Because Sid Sid is a god to us up here. That's that's why he's a holy like regal, not not Steve Regal, not William Regal. Like I'm talking just the the term regal figure. He is. Pope Vicious the First. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I don't know what they say now. They changed up the script at Catholic Mass, and I, I don't get it. Catholic Mass is kind of like wrestling in a certain way. It got away from me at a certain Your point. Spirit. <laughs> like I used to watch every week. Yeah, Catholic Mass is like wrestling. I used to watch every week on the weekends in the late 80s, and then I just kind of fell off at a certain point. And you kind of dug the storylines that they were doing. You know, you, you identified some some interesting arcs, no pun intended, and, you, <laughs> and then I after always, a while, after I always a while like, you fell off. Where they have, like, the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, that's like that's like the Catholic version of the squash, like, the enhancement match. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this really doesn't mean anything. But then you get to, like... Um, you know, the second Sunday of Easter, and it's like, ooh, it's like a feature match. It's Hillbilly Jim against the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Judas pulled the ultimate heel turn. Yes. Well, you know, Judas's heel turn meant something because they didn't do one every week back in those days. <laughs> I mean, you, you get 13 dis- – was it 12 or 13 disciples? I can't remember. Well, some people say it was 12 – if you watch, uh, if you listen to some comedians or or watch uh, Kevin Smith's dog, it was thirteen. Chris Rock was the thirteenth apostle, but it's twelve. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, um, shit, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> twelve apostles. You couldn't soak a hot sheet if you had a. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's taking control here, which is good. One, two, three. Oh my god, this show is almost mercifully over. Pete, I'm going to start with you. Your <laughs> podcast stinks. <laughs> Meister tells me you couldn't so- smooth a hot soap cheek if you had a babe. Is that Roddy Pipe? No, that's not Roddy Pipe. <laughs> <laughs> there was some stagehand that Scott Hall was choking. Oh, and they've now, they've now, they're now lifting the cage. Oh, God. Eating up Sid. And there's hey, Slap Nuts. Hey, listen up, Slap Nuts. Bah, I'm going to hit him with a guitar. Bah. By the way, why does Jared have to wear the U.S. title everywhere? Like, I, I don't get it. Hey, man, he's finally given some, you know, pride to that championship. Steiner recliner on Sid in the ring as the uh, 
Harris twins continue to pound away, and now they're going to spray paint Sid. It's like Jeff Jarrett is the leader of the NWO. How how far have we fallen? I like how he put in the little dots, like like it's like oh we have to indicate that this is an abbreviation. What a fucking tool, God! Horrifying in every way. I love how he he I love how he couldn't just hit Sid in the back. He had to like hey Sid, turn around. I love how by the time that this that like Jarrett was swinging the guitar it was it was literally like a paper paper mache guitar yeah just <laughs> which is fine Sid's like definitely granted I know thing. it's not I know it's not a honky style guitar you know even if uh, Jeff Jarrett is a honky <laughs> 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 this is see see what you've made me become 2000 WCW you've turned me into George Jefferson <laughs> moving on up <laughs> it's a hanky for a honky to some some decent wrestling this company will be out of business in a year Do you need me to set the uh, Jefferson's uh, theme underneath you seeing that? <laughs> I to do that. <laughs> moving on up, moving on up to good wrestling. This company will be out of business in a year. Oh, moving on up. <laughs> moving on up to the South Coast. North, North Coast. You know, a lot of people say, <laughs> a lot of people create an equal. For me, me and Jeff Jarrett, see, we are one-on-one. But if you go against us, it's 25 plus 2 equals 37 equals 8. And we go off the air as Jeff Jarrett is raising Sid's belt for whatever reason. And, and that is that. Which I don't think that he ever won from Sid. I think he, well, he held that title at some point, but yeah, I don't know if he wanted from Sid. Listen, everybody held the title. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. This thank, is God, been... thank God Luthez was dead by the time that uh, WCW went down this road. <laughs> yeah, this... He wasn't dead. Ah, Luthez was still alive when freaking WCW and the NWA championship was being disgraced like this. <laughs> Wait. Luthez, how long did that guy fucking live? He was born in like 1916. Luthez died in April of 2002. Oh, good lord! He was 86 years old. Huh? Wow. How about that? He died on my birthday too. How about he died on April 28th? Yeah. Ah, he died four days after his 86th birthday. Luthez, hell of a hooker. Well, that was the name of his autobiography. It was Hooker. Yeah. Which, uh... <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people bought not realizing what it was. <laughs> that is false advertising, man. It's <laughs> like when Otto on The Simpsons goes to Stoner's Pot Palace. It is false advertising, man. I thought I was going to read about hookers. <laughs> oh, God. Luth have, has. Have you been chastened by sitting through this 2000 WCW program? Because I have. Listen, that was a wonderful trip down memory lane. Um, 
I can't wait to go outside and burn these notes. <laughs> it, it also, uh, you know, at least when Stacy Keebler and Tori were on there, it was a trip down Mamory Lane. Memories. Yes. And Medusa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was showing off everything. I I like how Medusa showed up for that one bit, and then we never saw her again. She was. I think she was like, "I want a match," and then nothing happened. So I guess, but so that rationale, like the you're supposed to believe. All right, so let's put on our kayfabe hats. The booking committee is the NWO. I guess. I mean, I guess during. I mean. At least in the McMahon-Helmsley era, when people were coming in asking, you know, Triple H for matches, he had Stephanie McMahon next to him. So he technically had a person who's representative of the company. <laughs> and Vince did leave. Because remember after that, like, nonsense, he, like, I think he was going to go be the genetic jackhammer. And um, and then Stephanie was in charge. I think I was at that. Wasn't that at the Garden or the Fleet Center? Well, the Garden now. But I think it was at the Garden when Vince came out and said he was going to be a genetic jackhammer. And I remember because, like, they were making a big deal. It was a Raw at the Garden. And every and whenever, like, you know, the McMahons would appear, it was kind of like a big deal. And then Vince came out and said he was coming home to, like, have sex with his wife. And I was like, ugh. I'm like, dude, she's, like, 60. You're not going to have a baby? That's, like, medically impossible. Did anybody not explain that to Vince? That women go through menopause? And, <laughs> and there you have it, the high chief saying, sex with older women is worthless. Thank no, you very much for joining that us. Is, that is not what I said. <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> All righty, on that uh, note. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we, we got to wrap this up. Uh, but it, it, if anything, this is going to make me appreciate other less crappy wrestling a lot more because it can't quite can't possibly be as bad as this. So th- thank you so much. For, for joining me, DT. I, I, I appreciate it so much. And uh, do tune in next time for another exciting edition, much more exciting edition of GFA Live. He's a man!